All right. Welcome, everyone. What are we talking about today? We're talking about foods to eat to lose weight, right? Everyone's favorite subject because a lot of times we just want to hear what we need to eat. And so I'm going to tell you, <laughs> and hopefully I'll be able to lay it out in a way that um, makes sense. And more importantly, I want to make it so you know what to eat and have some context to why. I think that's one of the big things that's missing, I think, when it comes to people talking about how to eat to lose weight. And so I think a lot of times when it comes to weight loss, people just want to be told what to do. And I think you got to you gotta demand more than that. I think you need to have some context for why you would eat that way, right? Why would you do that? And so I think once you understand the deeper reasonings why you should eat the way you're going to eat, it it changes everything, you know, for the better. So uh, let's get into it. So there's a lot of diets out there and they kind of always say like different things. And I think the problem with diets is that it's a business. And so they kind of have to make it seem like this is the only way to do it. And I think once you recognize kind of the reasoning and the context behind why the diets say what they say, because they all have some truth to them. Well, not all of them, but most of them have some truth to them. And I think once you can understand some of the contextual reasons why they're saying that, you can start to think in a more realistic and practical way. Instead of just being so kind of dogmatic with, with kind of the diet philosophy, which we see that all the time now. I mean, someone's, they're keto or they're intermittent fasting or they're low fat or they're, you know what I mean? Like it's just, there's, people are just like one way. And uh, I, I'm not sure why exactly, but, but I think once you understand the reasoning behind it, you can start to recognize that they all have, I think most of many ways, have some legitimate reasons for why they're saying what they're saying. Okay. So why, you know, the first thing, this green light's driving me crazy. Uh, whoops. Flip it around. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this. Um, so the first thing is to recognize that the thing that causes you to lose weight is calorie reduction. Okay. It's about cutting calories. And so really what's gone on is you're really talking about 50 years here where the overweight and obesity numbers in America um, and pretty much around the world are starting to go crazy. And so what's been going on in the last 50 years that's caused this weight gain? And so there's a number of factors, but the, the primary one, it's calories. Okay. So that's the first thing we want to put on the top level is if you want to lose weight and you want to understand why weight's gone up, it's because there's been more calories consumed. Right. So this may seem basic to you, but I just want to start where we're all on the same page here. So when you want to lose weight, you want to create a caloric deficit. And so some of the common ways of doing that, I mean, the first big one was cut the fat down. Why? Because fat has a lot of calories in it, right? More calories, um, you know, than protein or carbs have in it. So fat was the first kind of culprit. And so that was the big thing for us, cut the fat down. And then we find out, well, it, it's the carbs that are the problem. Right. So then we get into this phase of cut the carbs down and um, and just eat just eat as much protein as possible and fat's fine as well. And so we get all these very specific plans. But what we're looking to do ultimately is cut calories down. And the biggest culprit of extra calories is really been refined carbohydrates. OK, so that's really the main thing we want to focus on. And again, fat's kind of the first one we want to focus on originally because that's where the most calories are. So it made sense. If you want to cut calories, you focus on where the most calories are, right? But those calories react in our body differently. And so it's the refined carbohydrates that's 
kind of been the main one for 10 years now or so, I'd say. And that's the theory behind keto, Atkins, paleo, this idea that we're going to cut back the refined carbs. Um, now, sometimes they go so far and people get confused and they say, okay, well, if I'm going to cut carbs out. Well, that's, that's fruits and vegetables too. So if I want to lose weight, I'm going to cut out all carbs, right? <laughs> Including fruits and vegetables. So um, that's probably not what you want to do, okay? Because uh, what I would suggest is that so, so there's kind of two sides of this. There's what you want to eat and what there's what you don't want to eat. And so we start with what you don't want to eat. Okay. Because the prime source of calories for Americans, the number one source is baked goods, muffins, donuts, cookies, right? Cakes, things like that. And so these are made out of primarily flour and sugar, right? And so this probably is the first place you'd like to start is focusing on sugar and flour, and reducing these in your diet, right? Why is that? And this is why I want to give you a little bit of context, okay? Because I think sometimes we just say, okay, I got to cut sugar out. I got to cut carbohydrates out and, uh, or even just refined carbs. But I think we want to go a step deeper and so you can understand why, all right? And I think that brings some more context to this and helps you understand the process better. So when we're talking about sugar and we're talking about flour, we are talking about very refined um, substances. You know, sugar really didn't even exist in the world except for a few places, you know, 150 years ago. And uh, so it wasn't a common part of anyone's diet, sugar, you know, refined sugar. And so all of a sudden, you know, again, we get in the modern world and now there's sugar everywhere and it's super refined. So when we consume sugar that is super refined, what happens is it's literally a powder. And when it goes into our body, it is absorbed very quickly. And the same thing goes for flour. Flour, again, is very refined. It's not just ground up. It's literally separated and all the healthy parts with the fiber are taken out and we just get the flour part. And so flour and sugar, the big challenge there is that they are absorbed in the body extremely fast. And what happens is they cause our blood sugar, our glucose levels to go way up. They spike. And you can't have too much glucose in your blood. It's toxic. And so what happens is your pancreas releases insulin to clear out the glucose levels. But the problem is that your body is not good at doing this because your body has never had to deal with this spike level of glucose ever in history. There was no way over the last 2 million years, there was no way to spike your glucose levels like you can now. I think about this, right? There was no, there was no sugar. There was no flour the way we have it now. So your body is not good at regulating the blood sugar. So when you consume sugar, when you consume flour in your glucose level spike, your pancreas releases way too much insulin. And then what happens is it clears all the glucose out of your blood. And now guess what? Now you're starving again, right? And so you get in this vicious cycle where you basically can eat a lot and then you still feel, then you feel really hungry quick after, okay? And that's this process from, again, you can think of it like powders, the sugar and flour, the two big culprits. And what happens if you continue this process is eventually you build up insulin resistance, right? Your, your cells of your body develop resistance to the insulin. And then your body has to create more insulin and eventually your body gets bad that the cells that create the insulin start dying off. And this is where we get type two diabetes, okay? So that's sugar and flour. And so we don't wanna be eating a lot of these, right? Because 
not only is it a lot of calories, but you have to start thinking systematically about your body. And you wanna think about kind of the tsunami effect, you know? And so I think this part's really important to understand as well, so that we understand that it's not just a calorie situation. It's not just calorie in, calorie out. There's also the impact it's having on the system. And it starts to affect the system after a while. Sometimes people think of their body as if it never changes, but it's, it's probably good to think about your body like a car. I mean, when you put 50,000 miles on your car, it affects the system. You put 100,000 miles in your car, it affects the system. And how you did the driving in that car is gonna have a big impact as well. And so I think it's good to visualize in your mind that when you're eating sugar, when you're eating flour, there is this tsunami effect in your body. You know, just like, you know, in your town, if it rains, you know, a foot of rain over a month, the systems can handle it, right? If it comes down steadily. If you have a tsunami, what happens, the big damage of that is it's overwhelming the systems and it ruins the systems so that things don't work as efficiently afterwards. And I think that's a good way to think about what's going on in your body so that you can internalize that process more accurately. So that you're not just trying to tell yourself, oh, I shouldn't eat carbs and sugar because I don't want to gain weight because that consequence is down the line. And I think it's better to orient yourself to the immediate consequence. Like literally, what happens five minutes after I consume this flour and sugar? My glucose blood sugar levels spike and then my body releases a bunch of insulin, clears the glucose out, then I'm hungry again. And the entire time, that excessive glucose level, that excessive insulin level are both inflammatory to my system. Okay, so I think that's a more accurate way to think about it. So that's sugar and flour and they both have that impact. But sugar is unique because sugar is sucrose, okay? So the sugar that you're consuming, table sugar, is really two things. It is glucose and it is fructose. And so the glucose goes into your blood and the fructose goes to your liver. And again, same thing, where it's so much fructose so quick that goes to your liver, your liver gets overwhelmed. And we're at the point now where, um, and this even gets into high fructose corn syrup, right? Which is a bunch of fructose. That's the sweet part of sugar. And so, when we're consuming products with high fructose corn syrup, that is an overwhelming amount of fructose that goes to our liver. And we have the thing now, I mean, they've, it's somewhat recent, maybe 10 years, where they've had a diagnosis of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And a big part of this is the high levels of fructose that are going to the liver. The liver can't handle it, creates fat. And again, it affects the function of the liver, affects the whole system. So again, what I'm saying to you is that we wanna reduce calories, but we also want to have a recognition of what's going on in the system. And uh, when we talk about the system, we're talking about how it handles the calories, how it shuttles out the glucose from the blood, and how your energy levels and hunger are impacted, okay? Because a lot of times with weight loss, we tend to think about things very symptomatically. And this is, I think, a, an extension of how the medical system is. We have a medical system that really specializes in treating symptoms not so much in finding the cures. And I think this follows along with weight loss. When people think about losing weight, they're really thinking about affecting the symptoms. And so people will say, how can I stop myself from eating when I'm really hungry? You know, Instead of saying, how can I prevent myself from being hungry all the time? You see, that's just one example. But when we start looking to find solutions, when we start considering our weight loss with preventative measures, instead of just assuming that we're always gonna be hungry, always craving unhealthy foods, um, always going to have a slow metabolism, always going to have low energy, always going to have up and down moods. And we start taking a step back and saying, wait a second, what am I doing that's contributing to these situations? 
that's when you start getting into a mindset of how can I resolve this genuinely? How can I solve this? And that's going to bring you a lot further down the road of not only losing weight and being able to live at the weight you want, but also just allowing your health to be as good as it can be. Okay. So those are the, the two big ones I would suggest, um, is flour and sugar are, are two of the big things you want to, you want to check out for. Um, so what do we eat, right? So those are the big ones you want to avoid, okay? And I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I could go into way more detail on this, but I just want to keep it kind of general. Um, you know, in my program, I, I like to say that I'm kind of diet agnostic. So when I get into what to eat, I'm going to give you very general ideas um, because, you know, my program, I got some people are carnivores, some people are vegans, some are vegetarians. So, I mean, it's literally it's the whole gamut and I don't care. It's not up to me. You know, you get to choose whatever you want to eat. You're a unique person, unique genetics, lifestyle, preferences. You should eat what you want to eat and what you feel is best for you. You're the one who has to make that decision. And you should take that on yourself. You can't rely on a dietitian, nutritionist, anyone to really tell you what to eat because ultimately you're going to make your own decision anyways. <laughs> you know, So I think you should educate yourself to kind of the basics of nutrition and then go from there. And so when I talk about what to eat, I'm going to keep it very, very general. And I'm not going to get into specifics because that's up for you to figure out. All right. But what should you eat? Right. And I think what you want to eat is really natural foods, clean foods. And so what I mean by that is foods that in the simplest form, typically foods that don't come in a box or a bag, right, is, is where you want to start. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not a big fan. I'm not dogmatic. I don't I don't I'm not a big fan of like saying you have to eat this. And I especially think, you know, everyone's different where they're starting off with. If you have a diet that's primarily fast food and processed food and takeout, then I think what you want to do is start small and start building it up. I don't believe in the idea that you're going to just start 100% a diet on day one and just stick with it forever. I, I think that's so difficult. It, it's really taking on so much all at once that the chances of success with that approach are so, so, so little. So I think what makes a lot more sense, and that's why I don't like to say what to eat and I don't like to share what I eat because I've been working on it for 30 years. So I don't want to tell you what I eat and then you say, oh, I could never do that. You know, it's like, what's the point? I want to give you kind of the, the general structures of how I think about food so you can understand these and start applying them to how you're eating step by step, okay? Realizing that, again, you want to lose weight forever, you know? So start orienting yourself to long-term weight mastery, ultimate success for the rest of your life, and that you don't have to rush this process. So when I say eating clean, again, we really are talking about foods that don't come in a box or a bag. You're talking about really the fruits and vegetable and green sections of your supermarket, right? These are what you want to be the primary sources of nutrition ideally, okay? And again, this is something you can work up to. It doesn't have to be instant change, but really what you want to do, because I believe the number one lacking ingredient for your weight loss is fiber, fiber, okay? Because fiber does not process well. And so as soon as you're going to put a food in a bag or a box that's going to last a while, you can pretty much be sure that it's going to have the fiber stripped out of it. And this is really, in my opinion, the cause, the core cause of a lot of problems. Okay. And so what happens when you rip the fiber out of the food, you separate it out, what happens is the food gets absorbed very, very quickly. Right. So in fruits and vegetables and greens and natural foods, what happens is the calories are binded to the fiber. And so that has two benefits. One is it slows down absorption. And so it's natural for your body to consume natural foods. And when you eat them, it's a slow 
it's a slow process of absorption. And so it's not that tsunami effect. It's kind of that slow effect of releasing the glucose, the fructose into your body. And so this is what I mean. You know, I think sometimes like, like even like keto, we'll just get rid of the carbs, but why? You know what I mean? Because it's, it's not enough. We can't just be saying what we're gonna get rid of. We also have to tell ourselves what we have to add. And so when you are eating foods with fiber in them, and fiber was kind of like, you know, they, they dismissed it for a while because they said, oh, you don't absorb it, so what's the point? You know, let's focus on the protein, fat, and carbs because that's what we're absorbing, so that's the important one. And so, yeah, the fiber doesn't get absorbed, but what happens is it slows down absorption of the other calories. So when you're eating fruit, and so, you know, there's some people out there that think fructose is the problem. Well, is it fructose or is it separated from fiber fructose? Because if you think fructose is the problem, then you start thinking, well, well, apples and fruits, and they're the problem. And they're not. <laughs> because when you eat an apple, it's slowly, the fructose is slowly absorbed in your body. Your liver can handle it. When you drink a soda with high fructose corn syrup, that is an overwhelming spike of fructose, and your liver can handle it as well. You see? So it's not the, it's not the substance as much as it is the context within how that substance is consumed. And so... When you um, really look at fiber and the, the role it plays, I think that really orients you to be able to make much, much healthier food choices. And it doesn't have to be that you never eat a refined carb or that you never eat fructose or you never eat fat. I think what you want to start to recognize is when you eat natural foods, they have systems in, in vegetables, fruits, greens, meat. These all have systems in them that cause slow release of calories and nutrients. And that is what your body is designed to deal with. So there isn't this spike of glucose. There isn't this spike of fructose that freaks out your whole body. It's a slow release. Okay. So that's the big value of fiber is that it slows the absorption of the nutrients, specifically the fructose and the glucose. And the other thing is, that when you're eating foods with a lot of fiber is that the calories bind to the fiber, okay? And so you're not even absorbing all the calories, you see? So it's like if you have a 150 calories of a soda, you're absorbing all of that. When you have 150 calories of fruits and vegetables, you're absorbing not 100% of that. Now I can't give you the percentage exactly, but it's part of it is passing right through you, okay? And the third benefit of fiber, this is the big one, because what do people think satiates them? They think it's protein now, okay? And yes, that's true. But fiber is the most satiating thing there is. So what happens is, think about this. You have a thing called the ileal break. It's in your intestines. And if you think about, again, 150 calories of a soda or 150 calories of a vegetable, the soda is absorbed into your blood instantly. There's nothing to stop it. It's pure fructose and uh, you know sucrose going straight into your body and glucose. And so when you eat vegetables, what's going on is it's fiber. And so it fills up your intestines. It stays there. You pass through it, but it's not all absorbed. And so what happens is it makes you feel full. It literally activates your ileal break and makes you feel more satisfied. And this to me, the satiety of the food you're eating is the royal road to solving to, to finding a cure for your weight issue. Because I think a lot of people are walking around thinking, well, for me to lose weight, I have to be able to not eat when I'm starving. 
and they're thinking, I need to, I'm going to be hungry. I'm going to be really hungry to lose weight, but I need to stop eating. I need to have willpower to not eat the foods I want to eat when I'm really hungry. And I think that's where everyone goes wrong with their weight loss. And I think they're anticipating it's going to be hard. They expect it's going to be hard and that creates it to be hard. So the alternative to what I'm saying here is that if you start looking at your weight and you start demanding that you find a cure for it, that you find a way to live and eat and behave so that you can live at your natural weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot, I think the path you're going to find that works is when you start consuming more fiber. And what happens is you start to feel more satisfied while eating less calories. And that brings me kind of my final point of what I want to say here. Um, and I want, I'm going to, I'm going to answer that question in a second, Moni. I wanted to get this last part. Cause again, I'm giving you, I'm giving you general things. Again, I don't want to tell you what to eat. I want to give you guidelines so that you can understand what you're eating in a different way. Cause you never get that. You just get these rules and they're, they all start to seem contradictory. So you can't create a unified theory of nutrition in your mind. You just have these, these tactics that are thrown at you and they confuse you and a confused mind doesn't do anything. Okay. So the, the final piece of what I would suggest for, oh, whoops, um, for how to eat so that you can lose the weight is to recognize and understand calorie density and the volume of food. Okay. So this is the, the kind of the final piece to really being able to structure your reading and it doesn't happen all at once. I, I don't believe this idea, like me give you a meal plan. You just start following it tomorrow until you reach your goal weight. I don't believe that. I think you got to customize it, tweak it, optimize, work at it until you figure out what works for you with these guidelines. So you can make it as easy and comfortable and enjoyable as possible. So that you're able to live at your goal weight and the way you're approaching it now, you're not able to do that because you just have these, I got to do this no carbs, no context, no fat, no context, you know? And it's like, there's no understanding of what we're doing. So we have to be very dogmatic. And once we're not able to be dogmatic, we don't know what else to do. Right. So, um, the final piece is this calorie density piece. And this is how you reduce your calories. Remember what I said at the beginning, what's controlling your weight is the calorie consumption. Okay. And, um, you know, if you want to, reduce your weight, you want to be able to reduce your calories, but you need to be able to do it in a way that's comfortable for you. You, you cannot be starving and not eat. That, that's just not a good strategy. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. It's not sustainable. Okay. So the secret to reducing calories while feeling satisfied still and full is that you focus on calorie density. And calorie density is simply this, that if you took the volume of two foods, so if you took a cookie and you took the same size uh, carrot, right? And you look at both of them, they're both the same size, but one's got 150 calories in it and one's got 20 calories in it. And the difference is to understand that what makes you feel satisfied is not just the calories, okay? That's a piece of the puzzle. But what makes you feel satisfied mostly is the volume of the food. So if you have a cookie that's this big and is 150 calories, and over here you have a salad that's this big that's 150 calories, you could eat that salad and you can feel much more satisfied because part of what makes you feel full is the stretch receptors in your stomach. So when you eat the salad and it takes up more space and spreads it across, it makes you feel a sense of satisfaction. When that fiber 
is slower to empty out of your stomach, right? The salad's slower to empty out of your stomach because of the fiber. It takes up more room, so it takes longer. And so you feel more satisfied for a longer time. And then this salad moves into your intestines. And because there's fiber there, it makes your intestines fuller and it makes you feel more satisfied. Okay. And so then it's a slower absorption of nutrients as well. And the glucose is slowly released into your blood and the insulin slowly released into your blood to clear it out. And so there's no spike and no crash. So you have steady hunger levels, steady satisfaction levels. You don't have these spikes of hunger and then crashes. And if you think about it, you're just on this wild ride and you can't understand how to control your eating because again, you're consuming primarily sugar and flour that are going into your body, absorbed like that, and then your body, again, there's a spike of glucose, you release all the insulin, clear it all out, now you crash, now you're really hungry, and now you start to go through the same process. And how many times a day are you doing this? You know, A lot of people are going through this process of spike, crash, spike, crash, five, six, seven times a day. You know, And um, how can you control your eating that way? You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's almost impossible, you know? So it's not about what you know, it's about the strategy you're using, you know? So for me to master my weight, I am not, I'm not hungry. You know what I mean? I wake up and I am managing my hunger from pretty much the moment I wake up, you see? And I'm comfortably satisfied, but I'm consuming a lot of low calorie dense foods. So I'm satisfied and I'm consuming less calories than I used to. That's the royal road to mastering your weight. And I know you're believing, you think that in order to lose weight, you need to be really hungry, which is why you don't want to do it because we don't want to be hungry. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're, we have, our brains are not, there's no part of your brain that wants you to be hungry and not eat when you can, you know? So what I'm saying is that the diets are really, it's you fighting against yourself. It's you fighting against the way you're designed and built. And it's very difficult. You know, so you got to be more strategic, but you can't be strategic unless you understand the deeper structure, the, the context of what foods are doing to your body, you know, because most people are blind to this, even if they have diabetes, you know, they don't really understand the process of what's happening, you know, and once you do, it makes it, again, you can be more strategic. That's the key thing, you know, um, makes everything different. So I, I want to, I saw some questions here. And I want to answer some of those. And so any questions you have, feel free to ask them. Um, again, I could talk about, I could talk about nutrition all day long, but I, and I usually don't, I really am more of a mindset person. I like focus on that, but I started to realize, you know, I think a lot of people are so confused about what to do at this point, which is not a surprise. You know, listen, here's the thing. I'll, I'll, I'll just say this real quick. And I want to get these your questions. Um, we're at a stage, I believe, in life where if you look back at the set 60s of cigarettes, um, it was like the cigarette companies knew the studies were about to come out. They knew at that point there were studies linking cigarettes to lung cancer, okay? And they knew that and they sat on these studies that kept them kind of out and they flooded the zone with all sorts of confusing information. And then in the 70s, they knew this stuff was about to come out. And what they did is they divested from the cigarettes. They went into the foods, right? R.J. Reynolds was huge, went into craft. And so I think that's a big part of this obesity problem is they took the cigarette mindset for creating addictive products and the marketing. And now that's what we got with the food. And this is important to understand. Listen to what I'm about to say, because I say this every time and I want you to hear this. The diets, the big diets you know of that you've been listening to to try and lose weight are the same thing as the food companies. Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Uh, Slim Fast was owned by the same company that owns Ben & Jerry's ice cream. 
right? Uh, and the, the company that owns Atkins Food Products right now is the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. These companies don't want you to lose weight. They're just confusing the situation. And this is where you're at right now, right? You don't know what to do. Every week, it's a different thing, right? It's a different villain. And it's got, again, a confused mind is a stuck mind. And that's what they're doing. They're flooding the zone with confusing information. They're sitting on studies that are showing how dangerous the foods that they're putting out are to our, they're literally killing us. Okay, that's the facts. <laughs> and so um, you need to understand that. And you need to look at these food companies that you have such affinity for and see them as if they were a cigarette company. Because that's a good, accurate, that's a better way to look at them. Now, I'm not saying they want to kill you, but I'm saying they don't mind if they're killing you either, as long as they're making profits. Okay, and that's where we're at. We're at like the 60s with cigarettes. And think about it. A hundred years ago, no one thought cigarettes were even unhealthy. Right. Um, but say they're just as addictive. And imagine you wanted to stop smoking cigarettes. It was way harder back then because you didn't have the knowledge. You didn't have the understanding of what it was. And so there's less motivation to quit. We're at the same spot with the foods. These foods are literally killing us to the fact that if type two diabetes is a preventable disease and it's, uh, it's skyrocketing. You know, and so how does that happen? It's because of the way that we think about foods. And so you have to take this upon yourself and you got to educate yourself somewhat about what these foods are doing to us, because just because they're constantly around us and we're seeing ads for them constantly. Listen, there used to be cigarette ads, weren't there? Right? There used to be alcohol ads. They outlawed them. Why? Right? Because they were deadly. The food ads are just as deadly, right? It's the obesity epidemic. 70% of the population in America is overweight or obese. And it's, it's estimated to get to 90% in the next five years. It's crazy. It's a literal epidemic because it's not just, oh, I'm overweight. And I don't look good. It's we're, we're dying from it. My dad died of a heart attack, 54. Right? He, couldn't, he couldn't change what he was eating. He was technically obese, knew he had a heart issue, couldn't change what he was eating. So they're pushing these. It's, it's not, I don't see a lot of the difference between cigarettes and a lot of the shitty food they're pushing out at us. Anyways, I'll, I'll let it go. <laughs> Someone says, I know diet sodas aren't healthy, but are they as bad for weight loss as sugary sodas? I mean, they're not as bad in the sense that they're not as many calories, but this is what I mean. This is why you need to have context of what's going on. Because if you just look at taxi, say, oh, sugar's bad. I got to stop eating sugar. Oh, this is no sugar in it. This is good. Well, is it? Because again, and so so how do you orient yourself so you can see through the bullshit? Because they're going to keep heaping bullshit on us forever. And so I'll tell you what the sig- is is the non-sugar sodas better than the sugar sodas? I don't know because I don't know. It, it's less calories. I'll give you that. But all of a sudden you're, how are they non-sugar, right? It's some, some substance, right? So it's usually some sugar substitute. What's that doing to your body? You know, do we really know? Do you trust these companies? That's up to you. You know, I will tell you one thing I don't like about the diet sodas is that they are always calibrating your taste buds to the word you want to remember is hyper palatable. Okay. These companies make hyper palatable foods, which is another way to say addictive. Okay. And so they're making very addictive products, just like the cigarettes. You know, if you've never watched The Insider, you really owe it to yourself to watch it. And while you're watching it, realize that the food companies are doing the exact same thing. You don't realize what you're up against. Frito Lay has a campus, a campus in Texas, that they have a lab that has a $40,000 chewing machine to figure out the exact pounds per square inch that the human is the ideal crunch. <laughs> they hire chemists, they hire neuroscientists. They 
what's the company? I'm blanking on the, um, Unilever. That's the company that owns Ben and Jerry's. You know how they make their ice cream? Because I know in your mind you think this is like some some kitchen somewhere where you've got these these chefs working on recipes, right? No. They've put people into fMRI machines, which scan their brains in real time, and they drip different ice cream solutions onto their tongue to see which ones light up your pleasure centers the most. This is what we're up against, folks. You know what I mean? It's no different. So when you're watching The Insider, what that, that was Russell Crowe, and it was about the whistleblower from inside the cigarette companies who was exposed what they were doing to cigarettes. They're putting ammonia in the cigarettes. Why? Because it makes the tobacco be absorbed into your blood faster. The faster something is absorbed into your system, the more addictive it is. This is why this is why cocaine's more addictive than coca leaves. This is why smoking cocaine is more addictive than snorting it. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like it's the the science of addiction is very clear. It's very obvious. You may not know it. And once you understand it, you can look at these foods and say, "Oh my god, these are literally addictive substances." Literally, you know? And so a real soda versus a diet soda, which one's better? I mean, what am I, what can I say? You know, I think they're both horrible. I I don't is one better than the other? Well, one's got less calories than the other by a little bit, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's like me. That's like asking me like, oh, is, 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 uh, is, <laughs> is smoking cocaine better than snorting it? Yeah. Snorting's better than smoking it because smoking it, it absorbs into your system way quicker. And so it makes it way more addictive, you know? So yeah, uh, snorting it's better. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I hate to be this guy. I don't want to sound like some crazy person. Um, because soda and sugar in drinking these things has been normalized, right? So, so I sound like the crazy person, you know, but it's completely, completely unnatural, you know, is, is what we're at. And because we, whoop, because we live in a place with, uh, because we live in a, in a world in a country that normalizes all of this sugar and this intake, you know, for me to say that they're both bad, I sound like a crazy person, you know, but that's how they flood the zone. Um, what I mean by that is that they're both shitty for you. So what am I going to say? One's better than the other. Yeah. One's a little better, I guess, because it's lower calories, but what's that chemical doing to you? They haven't done any real studies on this. That's where we have high fructose corn syrup. You know, I think they'll probably at some point in our lifetimes, there'll probably be a warning label on high fructose corn syrup products, just like there is on tobacco products. I don't see why there wouldn't be. It's overwhelming your liver. Fatty, think about that. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, right? Look it up. You know, it's scary stuff that you don't hear about because they keep it out of the thing. You know, they keep it out of the news. They're sitting on all this shit just like they sat on all the stuff from the cigarettes. So again, don't, you know, listen, if you're drinking these sodas, here, let me, let me put it this way. Let me back it up, bring it back to normal. If you're drinking sodas all the time and you want to work on reducing your soda, I believe you should work on reducing it. You don't have to just cut it out cold turkey, okay? If you want to, fine. If you want to take it slow and work towards not drinking them anymore, great. Either one of those are great. But I, there's no world where I'm going to say, oh yeah, diet sodas is great, okay? Yeah, there's less calories in them. But they're calibrating your taste to very unnaturally sweet levels. So I don't give a shit. I don't want to drink fake sweeteners, not because they may cause cancer in me, which maybe they do. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, maybe they don't. I don't know. I'm not even worried about that part. What I don't want to do is if I'm, if I'm consuming these unnaturally sweet substances, it calibrates my tongue so that I need all of this sweetness, all of this flavoring. And so that when I go and eat a vegetable or a fruit, it tastes like shit. It tastes bland and boring and I don't want to eat it. You know what I mean? That's what I'm worried about. That's why I don't want to drink soda. So, 
<laughs> I don't sound like a crazy person here, but I've saved a couple of your videos and listen as I'm falling asleep. I've lost weight. Yeah, it's awesome, Ellie. That's great. Um, yeah, listen to when you go to sleep. That's the sweet spot. You know, that's why in my program I have sleep gnosis sessions that people listen to as they go to sleep. And um, there's this, there's something magical because we all go through it in the hypnosis. By the way, you're all hypnotized all the time. You're always getting hypnotized. There's no no person in the world who can't be hypnotized. There are people that can't be hypnotized by someone else. Okay, but we're constantly in our head talking. And we're always going in and out of hypnosis. Um, but one of the best times to use hypnosis is when you're falling asleep. Because think about this, everyone. You know when you're laying there and you have that sensation that you're actually falling, right? It literally feels like you're falling. That's that crossover from being primarily conscious, logical, to being primarily subconscious uh, imagination. You know, and imagination takes over and it literally makes you feel like you're falling, you know? And so when you're getting positive suggestions in that place, um, it's kind of cool because I think it affects you on a deeper level. You may have dreams about it. It just, it takes on more, more uh, impact, you know? Uh, let's see. Yeah. So if you guys have any questions, feel free to ask them. I'd love to kind of help you out here. Admittedly being di diagnosed with alpha gal syndrome helped too. Alpha gal syndrome. What's that? I don't know what alpha gal syndrome is. I enjoy your videos so much. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. I'm really glad. All right. I appreciate that. That's why I do it. You know, again, my mission in life is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. Because again, for me, weight is really life and death, you know, um, it, it, it really is, you know, and, and we live in a society. See, this is where the diets come on again. I, I got to do this video. I keep saying this, but the diets are, the diets are, you think of the diets as a hypnotist and they're hypnotizing you to be overweight and, and you can't see it because you're thinking, well, they're helping me. They're, they're helping me lose weight, but it's the big lie. Okay. And so the diets are way inadequate and, and for a million reasons. But one of the big ones is the diets are always fixating you on how you look right? Every diet ad you've seen, and you've seen millions of them, it's always that before and after picture. And so most people's motivation to want to lose weight is really primarily wanting to look better. And that's not enough motivation. It's extrinsic motivators, the weakest motivation. And you wonder why you can't stick with it. It's because you value it at a very low level. And so you need to find more motivation with this whole thing. But that's why I do this because to me, this is life and death. I, I, I want you to look good in a bathing suit too. I want you to wear a bathing suit, all that stuff. Great. But more importantly, I want you to be alive. I want you to live as long as you can. I want you to have the best quality of life you possibly can while you're alive. I want you to be here for your family, your friends, people that matter to you. I want you to be happy and I want you to be healthy. And so that's why I do these lives all the time. So I make the free videos. Um, you can go in my bio. I, I'll give you a free hypnosis session. And then I email you every day, positive stuff, helping you through this. So again, I'm doing everything I can. Yes, I have coaching programs as well, um, but I give everything away for free as well, you know? So I want to do everything I can here to help you guys out. Um, but let me know what Alpha Girl Syndrome is. I don't know what that is. I enjoy your videos. Wow, that's crazy. Thank you. Yeah. Um, did all these processed foods have a hand in me developing so many allergies and autoimmune issues? Probably. I mean, you know, that's what I mean. Like when you start... See, a lot of people, times people say like, well, I got to stop eating. Like when they're, they're thinking about dieting, I got to stop eating sugar. I got to stop eating refined carbs. I got to stop eating, you know, whatever, because I want to lose weight. And so what's happening is you're, that doesn't mean anything to your mind, you know? And so what you want to start doing is really understand the systematic effect that's happening. Because the weight loss, your brain can say, it could be like, oh, should I eat this cookie right now or not? And then if you say, well, I want to lose weight. Well, your brain goes, ah the weight's going to take a little while to come off anyways. I'll eat the cookie now and I'll just start tomorrow. You know, so you get in this trap of like instant pleasure now or potential weight loss in the future. And that's a very bad situation for your brain. It just, it values the cookie now, you know? And so what you want to start doing is 
bringing that consequence because you're trying to what you're trying to do is you're trying to motivate yourself not to eat the cookie or whatever the food is you're trying to not eat it now by saying oh but i want to lose weight but your brain does a thing called future discounting and so if i said i'll give you a hundred dollars now or two hundred dollars in two years which would you take well, I'll take the hundred dollars now. Thank you. And so it's the same thing with our brain, with the food and the weight. And so that weight in the future and say, well, I want to lose weight in the future. It's not motivating to your mind. This is why it hasn't worked. Okay. So what you need to do is you need to pull that consequence from the weight that's way in the future and you need to bring it way closer. And so you want to start asking the question, how am I going to feel five minutes after I eat this? And what you want to be focusing on, how am I going to feel mentally? How am I going to feel emotionally? How am I going to feel physically? And the more you understand what these foods do to you physically, the more impact it's going to have. So instead of saying, oh, I don't want to drink this soda because I don't want to gain weight. That means nothing. Instead, you say, I don't want to drink this soda because it's going to spike my glucose levels. And then I'm going to flood myself with insulin. And then I'm going to clear out all the glucose. And I'm going to be really hungry. And then I'm going to overwhelm my liver. I'm going to overwhelm my pancreas. I'm going to start flooding. I'm going to inflame my body with all these chemicals that are unnaturally high. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you see what I mean? Now that's a way more motivating thing because it's right there. You're just about to do it. So the more you can orient yourself to what's going on inside, you know, there's a training. So if you, if you do want to go listen to that hypnosis session I was talking about, you know, go to my bio and click on that link and, and opt in. You'll get it right away. And then as soon as you opt in, it takes me about 10 minutes. My system to send you the session, but I put a, a training up there as well. <laughs> it's a 30 minute training, three steps to master your weight. And one of the first things I do is I show like, a, um, I don't even know what it is. I don't know if it's an MRI, but it's like, it's not an x-ray, but it's like a CAT scan or something, but it shows the inside of a body. There's a normal weight person and there's an obese person and you get to see what's going on to their heart. You know, obese person has a bigger heart because they're pumping more blood through their body. Um, you see the inside effect. Of, of what the food's doing to us. And we don't think about that because again, the diets are always focusing on the outside. They do that because that minimizes what these foods are doing to you. And so when you, again, it's just like the cigarettes. A hundred years ago, if you wanted to quit smoking cigarettes, it's a lot harder because you didn't even know there was a health impact. You see? And that's what we're doing with, that's what they're doing with the, the food and the weight. And so you have to see through that bullshit and you have to see to the real cause, what the real effect is of these foods. And it's right around the corner. It's right when you finish eating it. It's even before you finish eating it, it's when you start eating it. Um, so yeah, did the processed foods have a hand in me developing allergies and autoimmune issues? I mean, they didn't help it. <laughs> we know that for sure. For sure, you know. Um, we need to work on the reason we are overweight. Until then, there's no chance of losing weight. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's looking, and that's what, you know, here's the thing too. And, and I, I realize I've just started thinking about it in this way recently, is that weight loss the way you think about weight loss is dieting, you know, and that's like this friggin' dieting mindset is like this parasite. It's like this virus. It's just <laughs> onto our brain to the point where we can't even think about weight loss without dieting. Do you know what I mean? Like, think about this. There's no concept even of losing weight. That's not a diet. And it's because it's the same the food comes, the diet comes the same thing. And they use the diets to confuse us. The diets don't work. Diets have a 95% failure rate. Do you know anyone who's lost weight long-term on a diet? Have you ever lost weight long-term on a diet? Like, like no one's done it. And yet that, well, I don't know what else to do. You know what I mean? So we just keep doing it, but they don't work. And so it gets to the point when you think about dieting on top of it, you just think of it as a temporary process. I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. Then what? You know? And so it just, it proves the fact that you don't have any cure in mind. You just basically, when you think about weight loss, it's really about dealing with the symptom of being overweight. I just want to lose the weight but then you're going to gain the weight. How many times have you done that? 
about. I always ask this question. Feel free to share how long you've been trying to lose weight for, okay? I, I, would, I would really appreciate if you do that because then we'll see. I ask this all the time, 20, 30, 40 years. How can it be that you've been working on something 20, 30, 40 years? I know you're a smart person. How can you work on something 20, 30, 40 years and be no better off now, have no better idea about how to lose weight now than you did when you first, before you started your first diet? How can that be? <laughs> right? Do you think these companies are stupid? You don't think anyone's figured it out? Like, it's crazy. You know, these diets, they just keep pumping them out because that's a whole industry too. You know, and then I think the third issue is, is the medical establishment. And I think they're complicit. I don't think when you go see the doctor and you're 70 pounds overweight and they say, hey, you know, you might want to think about losing some weight. That's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? How about you let me know what the hell's going on? And is there any plan you could offer me? You know, and listen, I don't know about the medical establishment. They make a lot of money off of treating the symptoms of obesity. What do you want? Is that not true? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm just a hypnotist. I, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not a rocket scientist. I don't understand science necessarily. But what I do know is I've been working myself for 30 years to master my weight. And I've been doing it professionally for 20 years, helping other people do it. And I've had to come up my own way to be completely honest. I read 50 books a year to try and figure this out. I'm obsessed with it because my dad died when he was 54. I was nine years old. My brother was six and it was the most traumatic thing in my life. It was just horrible. So to me, it's like, mm, I want to lose weight so I can wear a bathing suit. It's like, Great. I mean, that's fine, but I want you to lose weight so you cannot die and leave your kids. Don't mean to be a bummer, but that's where my mind's at, you see? And so I don't know. I don't know why I don't want to be doing this. Like there, I wish there was really smart people that were put out a weight plan that just worked for people. Do you know what I mean? That's what I want, but there's, it's not out there. How can that be? And I don't have the answer to that, but anyway, <laughs> someone says, wait, what? You're a hypnotist for weight loss? I'm in. I am, but you know what? I'm a hypnotist for weight mastery. Okay, let me point something out to you. And this is why hypnosis in my world, I'm, of course I'm a hypnotist, but I don't see how anyone in the world could, um, I don't know how anyone in the world could change their behaviors without understanding hypnosis. Hypnosis is not the process of being hypnotized, okay? Hypnosis is the process of programming and influencing your subconscious mind. And advertisers use it every, every single commercial you see is a hypnosis session, okay? They're trying to influence your subconscious mind. They're trying to attach emotions to their product. And that influences you to take action, okay? And so if you don't understand your mind, which you don't, you know, again, I always say this, like maybe you've been at weight loss for 20, 30, 40 years and you might not even know that you have a conscious subconscious mind. You think you're just this conscious creature who's what? Just give me the plan, I'm going to follow it? No, that hasn't worked. It's never gone out. So, you know, you have to understand how to influence your subconscious mind. So right off the bat, suggestion-wise, what's more motivating to you? That you want to lose some weight that's your goal, right? Yeah, I just want to lose some weight. I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. Or would a better goal be, I want to return to my goal weight and then I want to live the rest of my life at my goal weight on near autopilot. Isn't that a better goal, <laughs> right? You've never said that once, right? You've never said that once. You've never said to yourself, I want to master my weight. You go, I, I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose it. It's a shitty goal. Um, and it, it's wrong for all kinds of reasons subconsciously that maybe we'll get into in a minute. Um, I knew the answer was hoping for something different, but I know you're right. Not crazy. Thank you. Thank you. I, I know. And again, I don't, there's, there's steps to things typically. I don't know though, between the soda thing, I just don't know, you know, is soda better diet soda better. You know, it's like, it, it's, they both suck. <laughs> what can I say? I, I, what would I drink? If I was going to drink one or the other, I would drink this. I would drink the sugar personally because I would rather have, at least it's, it's relatively natural. Um, I don't like to put that chemical, I don't know what it's, how else it's gonna impact me. That's like the high fructose corn syrup. 
right? Was, oh, it's, it's fine. It's, it's normal. It's fine. Okay, well, here we are 50 years later, and we got non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Everyone's got type 2 diabetes. Um, yeah, I think the fructose might have had something to do with it, you know? So it's like, listen, you know, we live in a world where they subsidize all of this shit. And so it's like, you got all this corn <laughs> and it's like, oh, they found out a way to make sugar out of it. And, uh, I don't know. It's just pure fructose. I wouldn't want to put that in my body. So that's how I think. I don't know. Someone says, what about LaCroix instead of pop? Is there anything hidden in LaCroix? I don't really know what LaCroix are. Um, other than I just hear people make fun. They say they taste bad. I, I have never had a, I haven't had a soda I used to drink soda all the time, okay? And I stopped because, again, as you start to learn stuff, you know, I mean, think about, you know, like you do this, don't get upset when I say this, okay? But like you would never, clearly like like heroin and cocaine, it sounds like they feel good, right? When people do them, it's like it's fun to do them, right? But it's like you would never do them. Why? Why wouldn't you do them? It sounds like they're fun. Could you think you're addicted maybe? Could you think it'll be bad for you? Right. But, but we don't think that way with food. Now, again, I always think that food is one of those things, like it's a managed addiction, all the other addictions, you could stop them. Okay. So you have to learn how to manage it. But, um, I mean, soda is the weakest, you, you really, you got to stop the soda, I think, you know, cause it's just, it's straight calories. And the, here's another thing about soda is that your, your body doesn't even, it doesn't even calculate the calories, right? Throughout all to understand your body, you got to look at it evolutionarily. In an evolutionary millions of years, we've never had liquid calories. You know, you've only had milk evolutionary very recently. You know, and so there's no liquid calories. Your body doesn't process them, so it's just straight calories into your body. Also, have the non-calorie, you know, sugar substitute. Well, again, you're calibrating your taste buds to a high level. And again, I don't. There's studies out there. These aren't conclusive, I don't think, though. But the the alternative sugars. The fake sugars, the chemical sugars, uh, are there's there's studies. Some of them will show that they activate your hunger because what happens is you got that sweetness, and in nature, when you consume sweetness, it means here come the calories. So your body is revving up the engine to process the calories, and then no calories come, and so your body's like, oh, where's the calories? So I I think of like those fake the, the chemical sugar is ramping up your hunger. If you're drinking diet sodas and you're not hungry very much, then ignore what I'm saying. Okay. But if you're drinking diet sodas and you're hungry all the time and struggling with your hunger, you might want to think about that, you know, and play around with that. So again, I don't know enough about LaCroix, but, um, again, I just don't, I mean, I drink coffee and water and the coffee I drink is black. You know, I, I just don't want to put extra calories in here. Um, that's kind of how I think about it. But, you know, when I say that again, that's why I, I rarely come out here and tell you what to eat or drink or do. I don't like to do that because um, I don't want you to hear what I'm saying. Be like, oh, shit, I can't do that. You know, I understand that. So I'm, I'm much more about meeting people with where they're at and let's systematically move you in the direction you want to go in. Okay, so I, I just want to reinforce that because I rarely get out here and talk about what to do, even though that's what people want to hear because you just want to hear me tell you what to do. But what I'm saying doesn't mean a shit of difference to you. I, I, can, I promise you, <laughs> I can sit here and tell you what to do. It means absolutely nothing. And you're beating yourself up because you're like, I know what to do. I know what I should do. I just got to get myself to do it. You don't know what to do because you don't know how to motivate yourself. You don't know how to influence your behaviors. You know, that's your biggest challenge. Um, you know, uh, someone says, I really appreciate you and your videos. Been listening a couple months and lost five pounds. Slow and steady. Nice job. That's, that's what we want. Again, 
so here's an example, right? Do you want to lose the weight as fast as possible or as long as possible? This is a fun question because you know what the right answer is logically, but then your emotional response is as fast as possible, right? And that's a good example between the difference between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. Um, but you have to keep reinforcing, reminding yourself, I want the long, I want to master this. I want to live at my goal weight for the rest of my life on your autopilot. That's what I want. So good job. Yeah, you watch my videos, they will change you automatically. You know what I mean? Again, the reason weight loss is so hard for you is because you 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 think about weight loss in a very confined, strict way that's all messed up. And so you are always thinking within this box. It's a dieting box, you know? And um, what what can really lead you to change your behaviors more than anything else is changing how you think, you know? If you thought about sugar the way that I do, you would you just naturally eat a lot less of it. Now, I eat sugar sometimes. So this is that managed addiction piece. On one hand, I think of sugar like cocaine, literally. And on the other hand, I eat sugar sometimes. I let my kids eat sugar sometimes. That's a weird place to be. That's what we call cognitive dissonance. Very uncomfortable for humans, okay? But I think you need to acknowledge that and recognize it and make peace with it when it comes to your food because you're gonna have to do that because I don't wanna live a life where I never eat sugar. It's enjoyable in its place, you know? And so um, it's this this weird gray area you have to learn to live in, which the diets are always black and white. But really the truth of mastering your weight is really this, living in this gray area, you know? Thinking about sugar like it's cocaine and being able to do it occasionally, you know, and managing it. I, I think that's the, the road. That's the road I take. So great job, Moni. That's, that's awesome. Alpha gal is an allergy to mammal, red meat, dairy, and their byproducts due to tick bite. Okay. I, I haven't heard that one. Um, well, hey, listen, I'll tell you one thing. That's probably not the worst. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I don't mean that, but I'm a vegetarian, well, pescatarian. Um, so, so not eating red meat or dairy. I don't really use much dairy either. Um, not the worst allergy you could have in the world, but, but I, I'm joking, you know, all allergies kind of suck. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what it has to do with it. How much are coaching or hypnosis programs? Um, I, I only really work, if you want to find out about my programs, um, go, Sign up for that that free hypnosis session. Watch that training. If you can do all those things, you know, I'll tell you about my programs, you know. But um, my programs, again, I, you, you need to be committed for my programs, to be honest. You know, it, mine aren't just like a spur of the moment. Like, oh, I'm just, you know, start this diet. Because the way you even start diets at this point, you're just kind of half-assing it. You know what I mean? You're just kind of dabbling. No offense. Don't take this personally. You know, it's just you've been trained to do that when it comes to diets. So, um, that's not gonna get the results you want, you know? So I think of my program as like going to college. I think of my program as like an eight week college course or a college course compressed into eight weeks. And so, um, you know, you wouldn't just sign up for college, right? You'd watch, research it a little bit. So if you're interested in it, you should be, because I promise you, I really believe this. You know, it's funny. I, I restructured, I've been doing private coaching for a number of years here. And then last year I spent the year um, certifying coaches in my program yourself then method. And, you know, I really, I took a step back last fall and I was like, you know, my mission has been for a while. I want to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. And I was like, this isn't, I'm not doing it here. I, I love doing the private sessions, but I'm just not reaching enough people. So I kind of really restructured things. And, uh, I, I stepped back from the private coaching and I still do it occasionally, but, uh, I, I really, I made, I made, I redid my program. And so I made it. So it's a kind of a group program. People can do it. You know, it, it's a, you know, financially it's doable for, for, for most people that are really committed. Um, and what it allows is it's the whole program laid out and it's, so I'll just, let me just talk about this real quick. I'll just make this real fast, but I just want to say this and I see these, 
I see, I see 24, that's 24 years. Good Lord. Right. 24 years of working on the weight and you're not alone. Right. I see people 30, 40 years all the time. Let me just talk real quick about my program just to, I'm going to go over it real fast because I want to just give you an example that the diets are so woefully inadequate. And so I say this because I know at this point, if you've been trying to lose weight for 24 years, 40 years, 30 years, and it hasn't worked, you have a tendency to say there's something wrong with me. You know, I have no willpower. I can't do this. Oh, that's cool. Thanks, Darren. That was, that was a cool thing. Um, you think you, there's something wrong with you, and it's so not true. The problem is you have a shitty strategy. That dieting is a shitty, inadequate strategy. And so let me explain real quick what my program is just to point out the difference. Because I don't think there's any program like this on the planet. I, I, not to sound conceited. Um, a, I think I've got the, I always joke that I'm the, I got the number one weight mastery program on the planet. Now I joke because I probably have the only weight mastery program on the planet. Um, but, but here's the deal. Okay. So the second you start my program, I teach you the program yourself thin technique. It's a one, two minute self-hypnotic programming technique you use on yourself because I believe hypnosis, it's something you have to do to yourself. Okay. And it's kind of like give a person a fish, feed them for a day, teach a person a fish, feed them for a lifetime. Once you understand how to program your own mind, you have a sense of a level of control over your behaviors and your weight that is unmatched because now all of a sudden you can actually do what you know you should, right? If you were a robot and you could type in what you're going to eat all day and you actually did it, you wouldn't have much of a problem losing weight. Okay. So that's the first thing is knowing how to program and influence your subconscious mind. You learn that immediately. The next step are these weight mastery blueprints. Okay. It's a 60 page workbook you go through and fill out. You customize it and personalize it to yourself. The first blueprint is the mindset blueprint. Right? That's where everything starts because without the right mindset, forget it. So I think it's like a pyramid. There's a mindset blueprint, lifestyle blueprint, and then the eating blueprint. But the mindset blueprint, right? Because I say, oh, you know, you need to change your mindset, but what do you mean? The first part of the mindset blueprint is motivation. Literally, how to motivate yourself. I take you through the motivation matrix. Pain pleasure is level one, intrinsic, extrinsic, level two. So you know exactly how to motivate yourself. Right now, you have no idea how to motivate yourself. That's the first thing. As soon as you know how to motivate yourself, then we go into the self-image. You have a self-image that you hold of yourself. If you've been overweight for 24 years and struggling with weight for 24 years, then you have an identity of someone who struggles with their weight. We need to change that. And we made, need to make this a process of not just losing weight, of but becoming the person who you want to be. And that's what that's all about. The next step is your habits, the neuroscience of habits. What are habits and how do you deal with them intelligently, strategically? Right now, you don't. You just use willpower and try and fight against them. The next step is emotions. How do you feel the emotions you want to feel? And how do you deal with the emotions you don't want to feel with strategies that don't involve food? Because right now, your main strategy of dealing with emotions is food-based. The next one's thinking, how to think like a thin person. It's like learning a language. And so you have to understand, do you know fixed and growth mindset? Do you know solution and problem-oriented thinking? Do you know about your internal dialogue and what you're saying to yourself all day? Do you understand power language? Do you understand transformational grammar? So you learn all the nuts and bolts of how to think like a thin person. And then there's maintenance. How do you maintain it? Not how do you maintain it when you get to your goal weight. How do you maintain day one to day two? How do you maintain day week one to week two? Right, you can't just take for granted. You think you're gonna start a weight loss program and just, just get through it to your weight? I mean, you're not, right? What are the estimates? They say 39% of people can't make it past a week on a diet. 75% can't make it past a month. 95% ultimately fail. Okay, so so we need to get maintenance right from the beginning. What do you do when you're stressed out? What do you do when life just shits all over you? Right, because it's gonna happen. So you need to have strategies in place. You know, how do you live in this gray area that I talked about? That's the mindset piece, right? Then we get in the lifestyle piece, the eight habits that are crucial because you're just thinking about how to deal 
with your hunger, your cravings, your bad moods, your low energy, you're just trying to deal with them. Why don't we fix them? And you do that through the lifestyle piece. So you know you should change your lifestyle, but what do you mean? You don't know. And so what I teach you is the eight lifestyle habits. Your sleeping, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. Now, don't feel overwhelmed because I teach you all those and I break them all down and give you techniques, but then I show you a technique and you can do six of them in a minute. So you can start to build some consistency and start to work on this. And then finally is the eating blueprints, structuring your eating around who you are, your lifestyle, your preferences, what you are. And, um, and we come up, you come up with a custom-made blueprint. That makes it so much easier to stick with it, right? Because you've never done this. It, you're, like, you're, just, you're taking plans from people that don't know you, never met you, that aren't you, and you're trying to follow them. It doesn't make any sense when you think about it that way. So there's that. And then finally, the final piece of my program is all the hypnosis. So imagine this, right? The day you start, right? I deliver my program to you through the phone. So you, you get every morning before you wake up, you got a message. It's right there. And it's your daily hypnosis session. Every morning you get a five minute hypnosis session. So you start every day, you listen to it within the first 30 minutes. You relax, you calm down, you get all these positive suggestions, these mantras that start echoing in your brain. I was just, I was doing a call today. And um, someone's saying that they're so helpful because you never get positive mantras. You get all shitty, negative, overeating mantras. You know, that's what every commercial for food is. And so um, every day for eight weeks, you get a five-minute session you listen to in the morning. And then every week, there's eight sleep gnosis sessions with these core weight loss mantras. You listen to them at night. They're 10 minutes. And you can listen to them and go to sleep and then just fall asleep. There's no count out. And then I have one that you can listen to in the nighttime and it wakes you up. And then there's like 30 hypnosis sessions in the hypnosis library, hypnotic lap band, you know, Craven Crusher, all these other things. And then finally, the final piece of the program is every Tuesday and Thursday, we have live calls where you get to, I had one today, lady goes, I don't know what's going on. She's like, I binged all yesterday as I'm feeling like shit. I don't know what to do. Right. I turn her around. <laughs> do you know what I mean, like you are always trying to do this by yourself. And even if you tried to find someone, no one does this. You know what I mean? Like no one who's spent 20 years. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. Okay. So it's like someone comes to me and it's like, they, they, they think that's it, that I've tried it. It was working and now that was done. Right. And 20 minutes later, they're, they're right back and they're more motivated than they were when they first started the program, you know? So it's like, it's like college, right? It's like, you could go to Coursera and take a Harvard, you get a whole degree worth of information on Coursera, do it by yourself for free. Right. Or you could sign up for college and go to college, go through the system, have people there supporting you. You've committed, you've, you know, um, made an investment in it. Which one do you think is most likely that you're going to finish? Right. So when you think about your weight loss, you're just, you're, you're, again, I don't, I'm not saying this to be offensive, but just to put it in perspective that you're, you're dabbling, you know what I mean? You're kind of half-assing it and it's not your fault. There's really no, how do you commit to your weight? You know, do not ever go to one of these like go away camps where you're going to eat well for a week or two because you, your behaviors are context specific. So you, you eat with based on the environment you're in. So my program is an at-home immersion program specifically because you have to start thinking and acting this way in your normal environment. You can't go to some paradise and eat perfect for two weeks, then come home. You're just going to eat like shit once you get home. Okay, so please don't ever do that. Save your money. So other than that, what are you going to do to do? What are you going to invest in? Surgery? Because you get surgery. At some point, you've got to deal with the mindset piece, you know, no matter what. So anyways, that's what I'm trying to say. So when you feel like I've done everything and nothing works, no matter what I do, nothing works. You've never done any of that stuff that I just mentioned. You know what I mean? And so I, and I, I just say that to you again, you don't have to do my program, but, but please let this be a spark of hope that, that there, there's lots of stuff you haven't done. Okay. And, um, there's lots of solutions that are in front of you. All right. Um, so I'm say I've done your training, but didn't get the hypnosis session. 
Oh, let me know. Email me. Email me at uh, you can my my links in the bio, and I'll take care of that. Um, or email me at Jim at Program Yourself Then, and I'll, I'll get you hooked up there. I'll figure that out. Literally 25 years keto worked, but started binging and back to square one plus 20 pounds. That's what I mean. Back to square one. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I was doing that on the call today. You you approach your weight loss so superstitiously. You know what I mean? You're either doing it or you're not doing it and you have no ability to diagnose what the problem is to get yourself back on track. The number one skill of weight mastery is being able to get back on track quickly. And you need to understand the process, what's going on in your mind to be able to do that. And most people don't because... Most people's motivation stems from a spontaneous pain-based experience. You step on the scale, you see a picture of yourself, you go to the doctor, someone says something, the clothes don't fit, and you get really upset and you feel lots of pain. You say, I don't give a shit. I've got to lose this weight. I don't care what I do. And you try and ride that pain-based motivation out as long as you can usually. you know. But there's no real sense of how to maintain that. And you have to learn that, okay? Good news though, there is a thing. Um, when he says five years trying to lose 10 at first, then 15, then 20. Oh. Um, lost 190 pounds in 2018. 20, I regained 15, but I'm smaller. I'm guessing muscle weight. Okay. That's Melody. That's a great job. That is great. 190 pounds. Goodness gracious. How'd you do that? That's something else. I regained 15. Okay. Yeah. You know, address it now. You know what I mean? But but yeah, that, that's um, that's great. Great job. Um, LaCroix is a fizzy water with, uh, LaCroix is a fizzy water with a little flavor. Yeah. Okay. Hey, those flavored waters, those are okay. You know what I mean? Like, like out, out of anything, you know, I, I think those are all right. I, I don't think those are any, any bad problem. Again, I want, for me personally, I want them natural. And so like I drink coffee. Oh, it's the, I don't think it's the healthiest thing in the world, but weight wise, it, it's no difference. It doesn't matter. Um, my brother always drinks those kind of sparkling, like polar things. And they say, I think they're all naturally flavored and they're sparkling. And they tantalize our taste buds. It's a, it's a fine. I think that's a good strategy. It's natural, no calorie. Great. You know, um, I think that's fine. What do you think about these new diet shots? What, which I'm not sure which diet shots. I know like the new Ozempic thing is, is the big deal. <laughs> right. And again, I, I have nothing against medication. It's got its time and place, but that's an intense medicine. You know, this idea that you're going to take some medicine, <laughs> Listen, any medicine that makes you thin, at least at this point, is an extreme medicine. You know, so it's kind of what I started this whole conversation about. This idea of understanding the systemic effects of what's going on in your body, that also applies to taking these medicines. I mean, we're just taking type 2 diabetes medicines to lose weight. That, that's not a good solution, okay? That, that, uh, listen, it's not, it's not the first solution you want to be relying on, all right? Um, how can I obsess less over food? Yeah, that's that's the that's the thing, right? How do I obsess less over food? Well, I wouldn't suggest you diet because listen to this about your subconscious mind, right? Your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. So if I tell you not to think about a banana, what are you thinking about? Exactly. What's a diet do? It's constantly focused on what you can't eat, okay? Which is literally is upset. I can't eat cookies anymore. I can't eat ice cream anymore. No more sugar. No more sugar. No more sugar. It's just literally focusing on the exact thing you don't want, you know? How do I control binging urges? Um, I think the best way to not obsess over food and to control binging urges is to eat a lot of low calorie foods. Okay. I think the idea that you're going to, I had someone ask this today. They go, what do I do about the binging? I said, what's your situation? And she goes, I've been restricting my eating. I I don't know if she was serious or she's just trolling me, but it it proves the point because I I, I don't even know if she's trolling me. That's how I know we're in a real weird situation. Cause she goes, I restricted my, I restrict my calories to 200 calories a day and I feel like binging and I, I have been binging lately. Well, 200 calories a day, what? You know what I mean? You, you, come on. 
you know? But that just gets into the mindset of a dieter where they'll do anything because they think of it as a short period of time. So yeah, when I was a raw foodist, I've never obsessed about food more. So when you're not eating much and you're really hungry all the time, you're going to obsess on food. That, that, that's how your body's built. So uh, short of taking you, you know, getting a lobotomy or, or <laughs> removing your brain, you're not going to starve yourself and not be obsessed with food. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're going to stop breathing. <laughs> you know, like, how do I stop breathing? You know, but you, you breathe. I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, you can't do that. Your body's meant to breathe and eat. So, um, again, I don't know what your situation is, what you're, how you're trying to lose weight here, but, and I don't mean to be flippant. I mean, obviously there's more to it, but, but you know, that's the biggest one I see is that people try not to eat anything. True, alpha gal is forced veganism, also allergic to soy, sesame, wheat. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, that's intense. That's intense. That's a that's a challenging one. Yeah, forced veganism. That's challenging. I feel for you. I view losing my weight the weight as shedding my trauma layers. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. Well, in Germany, a specialist told me to take 600 calories a day. What kind of specialist is that? I, I just, I don't know. You know, I, what, what can I say? You know, I mean, it's, it's out there. HCG was a really popular diet. And, uh, you know, that was 500 calories a day they're recommending. So it's crazy. Again, I, I think I, I think the big secret, I'll, I'll leave you with this here, is that you want to orient yourself to weight mastery, not weight loss. Because your goal is not to lose weight, you know? Because if I ask you, how long do you want to lose the weight for? right? You want to lose it forever. And so I'm telling you, the way you think about weight loss, you subconsciously code it as a temporary thing, okay? And so you have to, right off the bat, you got to articulate a different goal. Because if your goal is, I just want to lose the weight as quick as possible, well, the, the logical response would be, well, I'll just choose the most extreme plan. You know, it's temporary. It'll give me the fastest results. But that's not your goal. Your goal, because nothing is worse than losing the weight and then putting it back on. And you can only handle, talk about trauma, you can only deal with so many of those. Okay, so start articulating the goal you actually want, which is to live at your goal weight. That's the real goal. So orient yourself correctly. Your subconscious mind is very, very literal. And it means completely different things to say, I want to lose weight as quick as I can and saying, I want to get to my goal weight and live there the rest of my life on near autopilot. Your subconscious mind is a servo mechanism and it gives you what you want. And so if you just keep saying, all I care about is losing weight, um, you'll lose weight for a little while, but you'll never figure out a long-term strategy for keeping it off. And again, taking one step back beyond that, solution-wise, the solution to living at your goal weight is a holistic solution, you know, um, because you don't just want to lose weight. You want to be happy. You want to be healthy. You want to be the, live the best life possible for yourself. So that requires a holistic approach. You know, that's why I say like the mindset piece, getting your mind right, getting your lifestyle right, you know, so that your lifestyle, most people approach weight loss as a bottom a top-down process where they try and use willpower to fight against their cravings, their hunger, their bad moods, their low energy, whatever else. And they try and force themselves to do the right thing regardless of how they feel. But we want to focus on bottom up, okay? And when you focus on the lifestyle pieces, you start to cure these problems. When you start getting the proper sleep, hydrating yourself right, relaxing, breathing properly, nourishing your body, moving more, uh, meditating and quieting your mind down and feeling more grateful, you start to automatically increase your energy levels. You reduce your unhealthy cravings. You increase your ability to choose the right foods. You increase your ability to think more clearly. Um, your moods balance out. You feel more hopeful and brighter. Um, it just goes on and on. And then in that situation, it's way easier for you to uh, for you to master your weight. You know, then the eating becomes a lot easier. 
You know, you're never thinking that because you're just assuming you're always gonna have to fight against those things. You think those things are normal and they're not. They're the consequence of an unhealthy lifestyle, you know? And so when you clean up your lifestyle, it gets way easier, you know, to eat better, you know? But then with the eating too, I mean, there is creating strategies that work for you. Yeah, it makes sense. Self-care, right? It is self-care. And we, we, especially in America anyways, and we really don't value that much, you know? But if you want to lose weight, I can't, I know... My mindset's rock solid. My eating strategies are rock solid. But if all of a sudden you took away my lifestyle pieces, I, I wouldn't eat as well. No doubt about it, you know? Um, best book for NLP. My favorite book, Frogs into Princes, Reframing, um, Use Your Brain for a Change. Frogs into Princes, I think, is my favorite. I, I really like that book. I love them all. I really do. Um, Structure of Magic is so good. That's a little more technical, but... Um, yeah, use your brain for a change. I love Frogs and a Princess is so good. I, I love those. I love Richard Bandler and John Grinder so much. Richard Bandler's one of my, my heroes. Um, I just I'm just such a fan. And I got to meet him and I, I just think he's great. Um, yeah, big, 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 big fan. Love Tony Robbins too. But uh yeah, I love I love, 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 love Richard Bandler and John Grinder. Those are the originators, you know, those guys. I don't know, but to me, the, the geniuses, I think, you know. I hope that removing the extra skin and changing my lifestyle will help keep the weight off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope they do too. All right. But I want to move you from hoping to to demanding it. You know, look what you've done, you know? So great. What what an accomplishment, you know? Congratulations on that. All right. And I wish you the best. That's quite an accomplishment. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if, if you go over, go listen to that hypnosis session. Go grab it. Listen to it tonight. Um, it'll affect you tomorrow, <laughs> you know, like it'll, it'll really make a difference. So, uh, check it out and watch that training so far. So good. Yeah. Great job, Melody. And go watch that training, three steps to mastering your weight. You know, it'll give you a whole different structure and ability to, to do this. All right. So thanks so much, everyone. Keep up. I'll, I'll put some new videos up soon and, uh, we'll talk soon. Have a great day.